Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast episode 216. It's the last episode of Anime. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that. It was one of those things where like, I started going and I just like, lost it halfway through. Um, so uh, today I'm joined uh, once again by Harold Story. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, from the wonderful Tunes Tunes podcast. Yeah. And then, like, we we were just talking, and then like we had like a, a Zoom like crasher who just kind of like popped in. Um, somebody named I can't read your name. Is it? Je- it's Jeff, Jeff Nimoy. Jeff Nimoy. Okay. He's my cousin Leonard Nimoy from Star Trek. I'm his. Oh, fam- yeah. yeah, I'm his famous second cousin once removed. <laughs> I'd like to say I'm the third most popular Nimoy out there. So. <laughs> No, no, we've got Jeff Nimoy, everybody. It's like, uh, basically, uh, he's the Steven Spielberg of anime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't put much money in my bank account, but yes, I am. <laughs> Actor, writer, director, producer. Uh, he's, been, he's been everything. He was uh, Nicholas D. Wolfwood in Trigun. Um, one of my personal favorite animes, Digimon. He voices Tintomon. Tintomon, Digimon 2! <laughs> and then we just gotta go. There's like, Kabuterimon. Yeah, I can keep going up until Hercules. Yeah, I was about to say you got two more to go, so might as well. Oh my god, I'm gonna be exhausted. You got the Hercules. Kabuterimon, Digivolve two. Mega Kabuterimon. Wait, one more. Mega Kabuterimon, Digivolve two. Hercules Kabuterimon. Yeah, yeah, Hercules goes a little bit different. He sounds more like Tintomon. Sequence just disappears. It was perfect. Um, all right, everybody, thanks for coming. That's the only reason we had Jeff on. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Is <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah. So uh, and you, congrats. You uh, you got to uh, reprise your character in Try and in uh, the last adventure, Kiz- yeah. Kizune. Kizune. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that just uh, finished. We just finished doing that, and uh, hopefully that we get a release for it soon. That was a little different experience because I recorded that one at home because of the whole COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually also uh, adapted the script into English, which I've done in many a Digimon project before, yep. but it's been a while since I did it. So I, I was very happy to do that. And uh, friends of mine went into the studio to record. And when it was my time, the pandemic hit and all studios were closed. And uh, so we did it right here in my apartment. I put like a, uh, a flannel sheet over my head so to get all the noise out, you know, so Tentomon's not bouncing off the walls. And uh, we recorded it right here. It was kind of crazy over Zoom. Wow. Yeah, see, it's, That's it's, awesome. It's yeah. super cool. Like, the, like, you can do things now that, you know, like 10 years ago. Could you yeah. imagine trying to record your lines 10 no. years ago? No, of course not. And or 20, back in, yeah, back in like, years ago uh, when I started on yeah, 20 yeah. years ago when I was doing Digimon first run, you know, 1999, 2000, we, uh, we didn't even have like Pro Tools then. It wasn't invented. So we had to get the take until it was right. So it wouldn't be crazy to do 10, 15 takes on a line now. You do three takes and the engineer can stretch it and squeeze yep. it and put it all in, you know, all kinds of things. So it's much easier now. I couldn't even imagine this. 20 years ago, I couldn't imagine 10 years. And now I certainly can't imagine recording from home over Zoom. It's exactly, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, man, that's awesome. 
yeah. it's it's definitely crazy like especially like going from where we were like heck even when i was in high school like going from where i was in high school to mm. what we can do now it's insane um but no yeah like congrats for getting to do that you get to reprise right. your character which doesn't happen a lot anymore it doesn't and a lot of people were actually uh <clears throat> excuse me replaced mm-hmm. because uh when they were doing it their voice was in the, their 30s and now their voice is in their 50s yeah. and uh, they just don't have the same timbre i don't either but with a character like tentamon i can manipulate my voice you know but certainly my speaking voice like i would sound like a 20 year old older wolfwood if I was doing Nicholas T. Wolfwood from Trigun. And they might have to recast me, which they've already done anyway. That's another story. But uh, Tentamon can whoa. stay Tentamon forever. Whoa, 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 what do you mean they recast you? Like, you weren't in, they did, were you, they you were in Badlands Rumble? I was not in Badlands Rumble. Oh, snap. That's insane. Yeah, they recast myself, Dorothy Fawn, and Leah Sargent, and just Johnny. Yeah, oh. I, I remember because like I had I had Dorothy on, and we did yeah. kind of talk about that afterwards. I was like, that kind of that like really sucks, and she was it, she it was not happy. sad because uh, it's one of my favorite shows. It's one of Dorothy's favorite shows, and both of our characters, one of our favorite characters to uh, you know uh, act to perform, and it was very sad. But you know, they were doing it in Texas, and we're in L.A., so. Yeah, they, they managed to get Johnny on though. Some for some reason, Power Rangers have a special. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're a ranger, you can make you things happen. Ranger, you know? But I just spoke to Johnny. He's doing really good. I just spoke to him about Famish, actually, and uh, he loved the movie. And uh, we were talking about it, and we were hoping uh, to see each other on tour because I I planned a big convention tour for the movie, which we'll talk about. I'm sure Famish was a movie I, I wrote, directed, and produced, and we were really looking forward to seeing each other a lot on tour and maybe even doing a Trigun panel together here and there. But uh, no more conventions, not for the foreseeable future. Not for, not for a while, no. But yeah. see, the, the good thing about that is you can do a convention on Zoom. Yeah, just, oh. me, and, just me and 10,000 people. You know, raise your hand, everyone, when you have a well, question. Well, I mean, oh that my was... Uh, a small square in the corner <laughs> in the Klingon outfit. What did you want? Well, like, uh, they did one uh, Wizard World uh, mm-hmm. is doing a bunch of stuff like that. they just did a dragon prince one so they did one where it was an hour and yeah. they had just the cast yeah and then you would pay however much for like an autograph and then like a one-on-one and you'd get like two or three minutes of like one-on-one with an autograph or whatever yeah. like that to do your question uh, well, it's one of those, like, you get the thing, and it's like, okay, which one do you want? Do you want this one or this one? <laughs> and then they're like, I want that one. And so they'll sign it and customize it, and then they'll mail it. That's crazy. Uh, They're going to find out any way to make money that they can. Right? I mean, if if that's what you do and, like, you're on the convention circuit and that is what you do, it's like... You got to do it, man. I guess so. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's what Famish is about. It's uh, an actor's point, the voice actor's point of view of the convention. Yeah. And we do sort of explain how certain actors make money. Some actors just do it because they're actual anime fans and they loved it and they got into it. And then there are people just all over the place, you know, a little bit of each, you know. Mm-hmm. It's part commerce, part love. So there's, we, we explain it all in Famish. Forgive me if, I, if you hear some banging on my wall. I think my neighbor, I just heard him uh, hanging a picture or something. Oh, no worries. You'll hear the ice cream truck. He'll, he'll be coming. Don't worry. It happens. <laughs> alarms, man. They always get you with the alarms, too. Like, gee. Oh, do, no. Here's the thing. Okay, so. I know you're recording. 
here's, here's the thing. So Jeff, so I live on a, a nice street, you know, a, a nice street, yeah. a very busy street. There was a car, there's a car who, if anybody drove by at uh, any like muscle car or whatever, car alarm would go off. Right. It's been doing that. Harold's been here. Like our listeners have heard this stupid car alarm multiple times. Here's the thing. The car battery died. So there is no more car alarm. That's how many times this stupid oh thing went God. off. Why does a person just leave their car? I mean, come it's, on. It's, it's a car that's like, they just don't move it. Like, I, don't, I think like one of the, uh, the tires, I think is like all the way to the bottom. Right, um, right. It's, it's like they yeah. just keep it there so they can have it. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> but like last week it was going to, it was like dying. And I was like, Exactly. It's like it's happening. It's happening. And then if like this week, nothing. And I'm like, it's dead. It's finally dead. So I can actually go and do like audiobook stuff. So I can be there. Cause it would be one of those ones I would be in there and it'd be like, wait. And now I can just like go. That's great. But we'll talk about Famish here in just a few. But first, so, so Jeff, like, what are you doing right now to, you know, keep away the boredom are you like watching yeah. anything reading anything i am watching a lot of netflix of course you know i'm watching a lot of movies i'm a movie nut anyway so i'm watching i'm watching a lot of old baseball a lot of old baseball documentaries i'm a big baseball fan and uh i've kind of run out of things to watch because i'm i'm like i'm getting sort of uh impatient with it all it's like yeah yeah yeah, i know where this is going next you know and i'm like really like not concentrating enough to even sit through something i watched the michael jordan uh documentary which was fantastic i thought of course i watched tiger king and all that other stuff but i'm really getting hard to entertain these days it's really hard to entertain me without me saying I've seen this all. I just a different version of what I've already seen a million times. Yeah. Right. Like I've uh so let's let's talk movies. So you're a big uh cinephile. What's your favorite yeah. movie? My favorite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. Uh which I just have a lot of undertones of that throughout my real life and in the movie. Uh, I just love the message of it all that no matter how down things seem to get, uh if you have friends, you're the richest person in the world, you know? So that's my favorite movie. After that, the list is way too long to go into. Star Wars, The Godfather, Jaws. I, I, I just love it all, you know? Uh, and I've seen almost every movie, too. And I've seen a lot of bad movies, too, which you can also learn from if you're a filmmaker. You know, it's not just the good movies you learn from. <clears throat> you learn from everything, uh, especially what not to do, you know? <laughs> so. Uh, so I've done that, and now I'm sort of like thinking about binge-watching TV series that either I've never seen before or I've already binge-watched many times and enjoyed it again. Like, yeah. my three favorite series of all time are, in this order, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, and Mad Men. I've probably seen The Sopranos ten times from one to the last episode, from the first to the last probably ten times. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad 7, but now that I've just finished Breaking uh, Better Call Saul this season, I think I might be starting number 8 of uh, Breaking Bad again. Like, get the itch, man, watching Better Call Saul. I, 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 I can't get enough of it. I've heard and nothing but good best, things about best, this last season of Better Call Saul. 
Better, I'm sorry, say it again. I, I've heard nothing but good things about this season of Better Call Saul. And it's, well, this I, is the season that's making me like kind of want to go and watch yeah, it. Yeah, because it's, it's merging into not just the style, but the storyline of Breaking Bad this last season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was going to watch Better Call Saul regardless because Breaking Bad is my favorite series. Yeah. But it was even more of a bonus that my buddy, one of my best friends in life, Patrick Fabian, got cast as Howard Hamlin in the show. So oh, that's awesome. I'm thrilled to watch it. Every week I'm like, please don't kill Howard. Please don't kill Howard. <laughs> <laughs> like asking did, did you, for insider tidbits. <laughs> did you watch uh, The Camino or El Camino? El Camino, I did. I yeah. loved it. A lot of people hated it. I loved it. And just a, vi- a visit with my old buddy, Aaron Paul and Jesse, you know, just to see them again. Just, uh, I-, I can't get enough of it. I really can't. I was, twice. like for that like it was kind of like when they did that the x-files movies yeah and it just feels like a just an extra long episode it, right but that's and okay, I, I, I like it. that i, I like that it. like yeah, yeah like that. the x-files movie that came out recently and everybody hated it. i was like that was yeah. just a re- that was just a two-hour x-files episode right. that was a good yeah. two-parter yeah uh so breaking bad i think that's in my future i think number eight's coming up nice nice <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, right now, it's like, I'm, I want to read, but mm-hmm. then I'm like, but right, I can do other things. Yeah. And, <laughs> and as a screenwriter, I'd love to write another screenplay since I've got all this time. I just, I'm not motivated. Um, I just want to eat carbs and stay I, home. Carbs are so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're the best. They are. There's nothing better than bread and pasta. Bread with pasta. Oh my god! Come on. Yeah, it's, it's like all that Olive Garden thing where it's like you just want a carbo load. Olive Garden, just go. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Jeff, what were you like growing up as uh, as a wee Jeff, like a wee little Jeffrey running around? And Nemo yet. Uh, I was a uh, big sports player and always also performing. Uh, just like I am today. There's, nothing's changed, really. I'm a sports nut, and I'm a, an entertainment nut. Uh, I lived in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, real Brooklyn, you know, with the famous Brooklyn, not today's uh, hipster Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, I grew up uh, an immigrant family. Uh, my parents were born in America, but my grandparents, who I lived with, were both born uh, in Europe uh, during World War I, and they kind of raised me and taught me this amazing work, work ethic. They not only survived World War I, but they also survived the Great Depression here, and they just instilled in me this work ethic second to none. So I'm very grateful for them. If anyone ever got a chance to really know their grandparents like I did, they're so lucky. Um, I thank God for them every day, you know, that I had them to uh, grow up with. Um, and I had a ton of friends, you know, in Brooklyn, and we, there was never a shortage of kids to play stickball or wiffle ball or football, tag football, touch football. You know, not, we, we always had plenty of kids in the street, no matter what season it was, hockey, street hockey, all those kind of things. So I was a typical uh, kid in Brooklyn, you know? Nice. So, uh, so growing up, like, what were you, so definitely into sports. Was there anything, you know, that you were like kind of big into like, like movie wise? Like, was there like, how, yeah. did, how did the, basically how did the acting happen? How did, how did that okay, so, kind of so, well, my uncle, my uncle Sam was the retired, he was a retired person. And as a job, he took a, a part-time job being an usher at the college movie theater by Brooklyn College, where I, I lived right around the corner. 
And he'd let me into any movie I wanted to go to. So I probably saw a movie a day in the summer growing up, even if it was the same movie over and over again. I think I saw Animal House 12 times. I saw Jaws 15 times, Rocky, you know, 20 times. And I never got tired of it. Uh, so that was a big thing. And I, I, I was just naturally, you know, I wouldn't say acting was number one. I would say producing and directing was actually before all that, because even class, you know, plays and things like that, I would just naturally gravitate towards the director role or putting things together like a producer would. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing sort of happened in junior high school, the same thing happened in high school, and then the same thing happened in college. And I always knew I wanted to be a writer and director much more than I ever wanted to be an actor. But I just figured acting was maybe the way in. So being the star of all my high school stuff, I decided to audition for like the biggest acting school at the time, New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, undergraduate drama. And I thought, they don't take a lot of people. If I get in, I'll go into acting. And if not, I'll just go on my merry way, go to a state school, uh, SUNY Binghamton, which is where I was probably going to go. And, uh, and I got in. I got into NYU, and it sort of sealed my fate. And uh, I, I'm still good friends with uh, a lot of people that I went to NYU with that are famous now, like Adam Sandler and Tyson Welliver, uh, Titus Welliver from uh, Bosch. And uh, Kristen Johnson, who was on Third Rock from the Sun, we had a great, <laughs> we had a great uh, graduating class, you know. Yeah, uh, that's just to name a few. Uh, uh, Jessica Hecht, who was on uh, Breaking Bad. We had a lot of famous people. Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was just Phil Hoffman at the time. And uh, we, uh, we all went into it, and a lot of people left uh, acting. Some made it big, like Adam and Phil. And uh, I just I went down a different route because – you know, you go into the business, you don't know what kind of career you're going to wind up with. And I did a lot of improv comedy at the time. And I was doing some voices and impersonations. And uh, a producer from a, a, a video game gone TV series called The Mutant League uh, was casting and she cast me uh, to do a bunch of voices. And um, I never looked back after that. It was just my voiceover career sort of took off after that. And once you sort of get hired for something in LA and have success, they only want to keep hiring you for that, you know? Yeah. So my dream of maybe being in a Scorsese movie wasn't going to happen <laughs> if I wanted to really keep putting money in my pocket. <laughs> and, then I, uh, and then I pitched a show to Fox Kids and they didn't have much money in the budget uh, for uh, a director or a, uh, a writer. So I wrote and directed, and uh, eventually that all led to Digimon, and Digimon was such a major hit that that's all really what people wanted me to do in the business after that anime. And uh, hey, it's, I became the Spielberg of anime. It's better than the Spielberg of nothing, you know? It's better I mean, than, yeah, because you better did... Than Spielberg of plumbing, you know? Oh, yeah, Spielberg <laughs> of plumbing would be a little bit weird. Uh... <laughs> What would you? What would you direct? Like, <laughs> bunch of shitty stuff. <laughs> that was quick, Harold. That was quick. I, I like it. Yeah. Did you get a snake and you put a little GoPro on and you're like, go, <laughs> um, just to see how far? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you. But you, you worked in. Uh, 
you were a comedy writer for a sports channel and won an Emmy, which I I mean, I think so far, I believe you may be the only Emmy award winner on the show. Well, let's uh, make it official. Whoa, that's awesome. Because, uh, you know, if if I'm the only one on the show, I might as well show off a little bit. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Everyone up in the cheap seats. Thank you. That'd be a centerpiece for sure. If I had one, I would have that thing front and center, baby. I would, I, I would be weird with it though. Like it'd be like people coming over, like put it in like like a door prop and be like, "Oh, excuse me, guys, it's my Emmy there. Be careful." <laughs> no, I'm Keep it in the bathroom, like right above the, like right on top of like the toilet, and just be like, "No, on this thing, you know." It's like the one place where everybody's gonna go yeah. during a party. Like, everyone's gonna go in the bathroom at some point and be like, "Emmy, you can see it." <laughs> well, if I get a second Emmy, I'll do it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so, so you did Digimon. Now we're, we're kind of going to look famous here. Yeah. Um, so, so you wrote, directed, starred, uh, produced, famous. Right. Um, how much of this is like based on like real life experience? That's the number one question I get because obviously, Josh, you saw it. Uh, and you know, there's, I play a fictionalized version mm-hmm. of myself. So like Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I'm sure people don't think, or maybe they do, that Larry David is that kind of person who butts into other people's, you know, eh, what are you doing there at the table? You know, I, I, maybe they think that's true, but I doubt it, you know, and, uh, it's the same for Jeff Nimoy in Famish. Uh, maybe about 15% of it is actually true, and the rest is fictionalized. Uh, a lot of it is based on uh, rumor and innuendo, and some of it's based on real life. Uh, the, the, the tender scene I have with the autistic fan at, towards the end of the movie. Yeah, I was like, that definitely seems like something that... That did happen. Yeah. The fan in that particular case was not autistic, but... I wanted to represent the autistic community because, you know, if you've ever been to a convention, an anime convention specifically, there's quite a few people on the spectrum uh, that show up there. They really um, connect to anime for whatever reason. And uh, I wanted to represent that they're at these conventions too, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I made that character autistic. But that actually happened and the picture of the the kid's mother that he brings me. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but that's the actual picture of the kid who brought wow. it. To me. That's that actual kid's mother. Wow. So, oh, uh, so I did, I threw a lot of Easter eggs in there, which I did on Digimon too, by the way. I, I love Easter eggs, just like in Breaking Bad. Maybe that's why I love Breaking Bad so much. There's so many great Easter eggs. Uh, yeah, sorry, I do want to ask on Digimon. So did yeah. you also like, help write the movie and everything like that, like adapting the script into English? I sure did. We took three, Bob Buckles and myself, we took, we took three movies that were done in Japan and we edited them and reworked it all. And we, uh, we um, made the movie based on that. You know what? We just watched them over and over again. And we had their, their original story and we knew what the TV story storyline was going mm-hmm. and we just tried to uh, mesh it there so yeah i wrote and voice directed the movie so who's responsible for all the puns in that movie because like <laughs> honestly it may be one of my favorite anime movies just because <laughs> it's so like 2000 
It's perfect. Yeah. Like there's a like when when he's calling out yeah. and uh or the yeah, Ty's calling cuz he's trying to reach everybody and right. the lady on the way is like all circuits are busy. All right. circuits he's like he's like I said all circuits are busy. It's just like I it's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. Thank you very much. Uh so Bob uh Bob is a great comedy writer himself and he uh he wrote uh a lot of the puns. I uh, you know, it's a it's a process, but Bob has a knack of writing puns. He's just very good at it. So he wrote a lot of the puns, but, you know, just a lot of it was great. And we would just throw things back and forth at each other. And uh, we were just a good writing team. We also wrote uh, uh, just a lot of that kind of stuff. We, we won the Emmy together working for NFL Films uh, and ESPN. And we just had a knack of looking at something and like, what does that look like that the norm, like the story is one thing, but what does it look like that maybe the viewer is not picking up on, you know? And we would just, talk, you know, hone in on that and try to get a physical joke in there somehow. But on the series, many times we would get uh, notes that just said, make it funnier, make it funnier. And we're like, make it funnier. It took us a week to come up with this. How are we going to make it funnier? And sometimes we just have to force a joke in to make it funnier because that's what the note was, you know, from the network. So a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people did like it, but I don't think we ever put anything out that wasn't funny, you know? Yeah. And because uh, then there was that second, oh, no, I guess that was the third series. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember. Uh, not the one with Brian Donovan, the one like okay. right after that. Either, so it's either Tamers or. Uh, I think it was Tamers. The one where they used cards. Yeah. Okay, so I did not work on that one. I worked on season one, season two. And then the next one. Yes. Oh, season five. Okay. The movie, Revenge of Diaboramon, and I voiced Try, and I just wrote or adapted uh, Last Evolution. Nice. Um, Yeah, that... uh, Digimon is one of those things that it's just so weird. It's amazing. We're still watching it. Yeah, I mean... It's it's just one of those, and it's just about to hit its 25th anniversary, like 25, like for the American releases in August. Right. Wow. So it's, it's... these conventions, and there are these grown people with kids in their own, and they're like, I, 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 this is, I grew up on your show. This is my kid. I'm like, how, I'm not that old, am I? I guess I am. <laughs> That's wild. That's got to be a trip, man. It is. It's trippy. And like grown people come up and say, thank you for my childhood. I'm like, what? How could that be? <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm still 30. I'm not. I was gonna say, bro, I'm still a kid. Like, <laughs> I said 25. I'm at 20. I can't. I don't even. Time. It, this time right now, time means nothing. Time oh, yeah. is out there. Like what you said earlier, like time means nothing anymore. Like, I just put like three, like five extra years on a show. It'll get there. Um, so, so with Famish, um, so, okay. So how much of this kind of like, adapts I, I you know obviously you're playing a fictionalized version of yourself um how much of it is kind of like based on real life because you do like every everything is it's shot during a convention i mean it's shot during convention 80 yeah. percent of them shot at a convention a geek con in madison wisconsin which right now is not happening obviously um but what we did was you see i actually have to tell a little more of the backstory to get to the question you're asking me because okay. Uh, here, 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 hold on. Let's yeah. set this up so we can knock this one out. Um, so, what brought around? Uh, what brought about? Wow. What? 
What brought about uh, the idea for Famish? Gee, I don't know, Josh. I have no answer for no, that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, have you ever been to a convention? Oh, I'm savage. <laughs> I'm famished. It's actually a movie about eating. No, it's uh, it, I in 2017, I uh, came down with uh, a very bad headache, and it turned out I had a brain tumor. Gasp for reaction. Breathe. It's okay. I'm alive. I had brain surgery on May 18th, just two days ago, three years ago, two days ago. This is my, I just celebrated my three-year anniversary of surviving brain surgery. They got it all. Thank you very much. They got it all, and I'm alive. But I don't recommend everyone having a brain tumor, but I recommend everyone surviving a brain tumor because it changes your perspective on life, obviously. And I had a bucket list. When I came to L.A., I wanted to write, produce, and direct, and star in movies, and live-action movies, and my career went a different way. It went into anime. And when I survived the brain tumor, I said, no more. I'm not waiting any longer. Now, over the years, I've pitched movie ideas to studios, and you're either asking for money, or you're asking to hire me as a director, or buy my screenplay, and I was just done asking permission. I was just like, I'm making a movie. It almost didn't matter if the movie was good. In fact, my pitch to people that when I asked them to help me was, I have no money. I don't know if this movie will be any good. I don't know if anyone will ever see it. All I know is I'm tired of asking for permission to make a movie. And if you're tired too, help me, join me. And so many talented people did. Lex Lang was the first to join on. Lex Lang's famous for... Digimon, all his voices on the Star Trek, for, uh, Star Wars franchise and everything. And then Brian Davis, who I directed in both Naruto and Digimon. I uh, played Rock Lee in Naruto and Davis in Digimon. And Nikki Boyer, who's a, a TV personality. She's always on the Wendy Williams show. She has a very uh, popular podcast and she's been on Angie Tribeca. Uh, and all of these people have, you know, joined me. Jonathan Fawn, who's on Naruto. Uh, they, they joined me and we made this film for next to nothing. And to everyone's surprise, it turned out really good. And not only really good, but it got a distribution deal, an international distribution, distribution deal. I can't talk from random media. And, uh, they released it on so many, uh, video on demand platforms. It's incredible. It's playing almost everywhere. And for a small movie like this to get such a wide release, even video on demand, it's kind of incredible. And it just turned out better than any of us had hoped. And we're really, really proud to show it, you know? Yeah. And you can tell that there's a lot of things that went behind this movie because like watching it, like I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I've, I've been to multiple conventions. This is exactly what this is. Like Harold and I were talking. Like there's, uh, there's a part where, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, like convention funk, and I'm like, yeah, you smell it once, you'll never forget convention funk. <laughs> like we do mention it's real, man. That's real. The bo is real. Oh man, it will stay with you. Like you'll get home, you'll wash your clothes, you'll shower. And like you'll find like that one sock that like was still in your case, and you'll pull it out and be like, mm, "Smells oh. like Acon." And, 
Totally, totally. We mentioned it, you know, a little bit. We don't, we don't uh, harp on it. Our, our goal was also not to make fun of fans or anime. which, which you guys did a fantastic job in, like, because right. there, are, there are, you know, you can make fun of anime fans. I mean, e- every, everybody does it. That's just the way that you know, you know, fans are you know, kind of represented in modern mm-hmm. media. Like if you look at Big Bang Theory, Big Bang Theory, it kind of like tries to low key be like, no, geeks are great. But it's like, no, it makes fun of them a thousand yeah. times yeah. more. Yeah. I actually had two fans that, I'm, uh, that I've kept in touch with over the years read the screenplay before we shot because I, I really did not want anyone to misunderstand what I was trying to make here. I was really trying to show, just show the convention. Uh, I'm not trying to explain the convention or explain the fans. I'm just showing it for what it is and how voice actors, you know, react, why they, why voice actors go, why some don't go, you know, all those sort of things, you know. And plus my character's going through this personal turmoil. And at its essence, it's a romantic comedy. Yep. It just happens to take place at an anime convention. You know, which is a good setting for a romantic yeah. comedy. <laughs> so you know, it's like an office comedy, but our office is the anime convention. That's how we look at it, you know. And uh, we just tried to work around it. And because I had such little money to shoot, I knew I wanted to re- make a movie—not necessarily a movie at an anime convention, but I needed to make a movie for a little money with a lot of production value so that it looks like a real movie, not something I, you know, filmed in my garage, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the best production value I had available to me personally was my stardom because I get invited to these conventions all the time and I can bring a crew and we have this hotel we can shoot in and the convention center we can shoot in and the airport and all these things, you know? Uh, so we, uh, we, we just, it, it was the movie I had to make because of the, um, the, the limitations I had, you know, to make the most entertaining movie I could, I needed to really tap into whatever resources I had that were available to me for little or no money. Mm-hmm. And that's why I centered it around an anime convention. The convention paid for all our travel, all our food, all our hotel stays, and all we had to do was make the movie. While, yeah, I mean, that's, while attending the convention, by the way, we still did our panel. I was about to say, like, yeah, like, like and, and, and like, that's perfect. It's like, hmm, should we make a fake anime oh, convention yeah. and do it? Yeah, we're like, no, like let's just use this one. And the fans, I'm sure none of the fans, you know, you go to a, fan, a, a convention, you look at the programming, you're like, oh, they've got this. This is pretty cool. I can do this. Uh, oh, Tony Oliver's doing a voice uh, a training thing with Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Let me do that. Well, this one was like, make a movie with Jeff Namor and Brian Donovan and Lex Lang. And Jack it Lang. out, man. Yeah, and people were freaking out. And we couldn't get rid of the extras. We wanted to turn the extras over for another scene. They wouldn't leave. We're like, no, we're not leaving. It's too much fun. We had to move them around in their seats, you know? <laughs> That's so awesome. It is, it's, there, and there's a lot of scenes. Like, there's a part where you and Nikki are doing, like, DDR. Right. And I don't know how long that scene is. But like just looking at the people behind you, they are yeah. like dying laughing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like watching and be like, I bet that was hilarious. I'm sure that was a yeah. fun we, shoot, right? We there. got a crowd going wherever we were. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was really fun. Yeah. 
That was a great, I love that scene, that Dance Dance Revolution scene. We had um, to wait. We had to wait for someone to get off the dance. <laughs> Should we like? <laughs> would we like? Excuse me. We're trying to shoot. We, we need. Exactly, that's we exactly need what it was. We're like, excuse me. You know, we're a time limit here. <laughs> this is official movie DDR. <laughs> but then, like, you, you know, there was that guy at the con who's like, like one of like one of the uh, yeah. the staffers who's just like, yeah, but you can only be on here for like three minutes. Like, right. that's the that's. Well, yeah. Well, the uh, that's the rule. We have a strict yeah, list yeah, here. The attendee yeah. yeah. that was on it was like, yeah, just two more songs, then we'll be done. I'm like, two what? But I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I, right. I didn't want to pull like, you know, don't you know who I used to be? I used to be Jeff Newman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it used to be Jeff Newman. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if you ever saw Digimon when you were a fetus, but you want to... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you also do another cool thing uh when when you're going around like when uh jeff i'm yeah. just gonna call jeff jeff from now on uh so when jeff is uh walking through the convention center for the first time yeah. and he's seeing all the artwork and everything like that yeah. you're like eh, eh, eh. i thought that was really nice thanks uh, i also love the aquaman bit that Thank was <laughs> one of my favorite because like when i first see him swim by i was like that was weird and that's how we get like Oh, he's Aquaman. <laughs> I get it. That's great. Uh, that guy was Rick Fisher. He also uh, was an extra in other scenes as Arrow. And we actually filmed one scene that was one long tracking shot. It was sort of my uh, homage to the opening tracking, not opening tracking shot, but the tracking shot in Goodfellas, one of my favorite movies. And uh, so we did this whole thing where I'm trying to escape from the cosplayer, Lana Lang. And Nikki and I are going around and the camera followed us all. And it starts off on Rick as Arrow with the hood over his head. And then at the end, he's taken off his Arrow thing. He's got the Aquaman costume under. And he runs all the way to the other side of the hotel. And when the tracking shot ends, he's standing there with a glass of water, splashing water on his face as Aquaman. But I had to cut it. I had to cut it for time. Uh, But... We tried to get Aquaman in there a couple of times, too, but it, he's he gets a big laugh in the pool scene for sure. Yeah, like I saw that, and I was like, "That's good." And then Meanwhile, you do the end the 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 Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I was great." I was like, <laughs> "Like the big DC fan in me was like, thank you." Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make me giggle. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it, man. So, there, so how? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna ask: Was there any part of like you know just? through the process of making the, the the film itself that really surprised you or maybe you had a, a an unseen challenge maybe well, actually, I mean, it. I, it was kind of crazy you know we got there and it was the biggest flood in madison wisconsin history oh my it was the airport the well, second thing you had aquaman yeah <laughs> we closed <laughs> we closed the uh yeah a whale a killer whale gave us a lift to the hotel we uh closed the uh, they closed the airport right after we landed and they closed the roads right after we safely got to the hotel so that was the big thing and then the next morning we were supposed to shoot at the airport and they opened it right before we were ready to shoot and also we had other cast members arriving that day and they opened just in time for them to land so that was kind of incredible, you know, that that happened. That's nuts. And also what I, I wasn't sure was, you know, the reason I called myself Jeff Nimoy in the script and not Bob Smith, for instance, a fake, you know, uh, voiceover actor with a fake career, mm-hmm. was you know, it was a live convention. And there are signs everywhere and there are programs. And I literally thought there was a very good chance we could be filming a scene 
And some fan just run, runs right up to us and goes, Mr. Nimoy, can I get an autograph? And I would just do it and keep going with the scene. It never happened. But I was like, if that happens, I don't want to ruin a take because I have such little time. I've got six days. Yeah, I was about to say, like, because, like, at a normal convention, yeah. you're a Friday through Sunday. Well, that's and the only time I had fans. I only had the, yeah. actors, the fans from Friday to Sunday. But we were filming in the hotel scenes mm-hmm. Tuesday through Friday. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about like yeah. how like that's a big time constraint because yeah. one you have to still work the convention right. and then two like you have like this very limited window yes. with these extras and you use extras a lot in this mm-hmm. in this movie yeah. so like how I even, how I even gave some fan scenes I've even mm-hmm. given lots I gave the cos the Wolfwood cosplayer line and I gave the. Uh, Oh, uh, was that like an actual like dude like dressed as yeah. wolf? That wasn't like a you guys like got a costume. No, he was an actual cosplayer. That's hilarious. And I used uh, two guys who uh, run the Did You Know Anime website. I used them uh, when I, you know, co- I cosplay as uh, Wolfwood to get away. Yeah, you call him the Needle Nong. It's like I was like yeah, I, was, yeah. I was like I know those too. <laughs> and uh, and then I used another fan. Uh, oh, I can't remember, but there's another fan who has lines in there too. Um, so. I just, you know, we had to, we had to take into effect all account all these things. So, being a a producer, TV producer for almost thirty years, I just had to make a workflow down to the second. You know, we really like everyone had a schedule. It's like you're in this room till two fifteen. If we're ever going to finish the next scene, we got to go there at two fifteen. So, if we did one take, we did one take. If not. You know, we're screwed, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had a lot of that going on. Time was such a, a massive constraint all the time. Um, but what I didn't count on was I actually thought we were filming at a Marriott convention, Hotel and Convention Center, big corporate. And I was like, you know, they're going to drop a dime on me. They're going to call corporate headquarters and be like, you know, do you have permits or anything? Did you get permission? And I'm like, I'm going to have to do everything covert. I really thought I was going to have to film like an underground movie. I really did. And I actually prepared the crew and the staff. And then uh, uh, the con chair was like, no, no, we, we spoke to them. They're, they're into it. They want you to promote this. And they, not only did they allow us to shoot everywhere, they made the, cat, the, the staff our crew. Like we had the waitress in the uh, dining room. Yeah. She, like, was almost a cast member and a crew member. So, so she was the actual waitress that worked at the Marriott. Yes, and those people in the background, they're actual diners and people on the buffet line. They're, they've got their suitcases with them and all these things. Yeah, it was actual, Yeah, it was crazy. And then at the uh, airport, all those TSA agents, they were real. They, we, the airport gave us a whole terminal to shoot in. What? That's awesome. So, so the cooperation of Madison, Wisconsin in general was far more than I ever considered. You know? I was about to say, try and do that in LA. Be like, can oh. I get like, you know, just like a terminal yeah, at LAX, fine. please? Just to- oh, wow. I'm filming with my, you, know, you have a permit if I'm filming on the street. You have a permit for that iPhone? You know, forget it. <laughs> so so it, they just really, at one point also at the airport, these TSA agents are walking over to us and I'm like, all right, guys, let me do the talking. You know, uh, I'll do all the talking. And they just walk by me and go, hey, how's it going? They go right to the bathroom. We were, we were set up outside of the men's room. So, yeah. So I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And they were just, 
years and nobody complained. And I just could not foresee the cooperation. And it was, it, that's another reason the movie looks as good as it does. It doesn't look like some underground movie. It looks like a real movie. Yeah, it doesn't look like, you know, they're, they're like, hide it yeah. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot the zipper. Shaky camera and all that. Yeah, none of that. That would have been hilarious, though. It'd be like, oh, it's TSA cheese it. And you just see them just run them the entire time. Because, uh, like uh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, like what you're talking about, like with, you know, how you had to like schedule everything. I was like, I've done press for mm. cons. And I, I know like the last one I did was Anime Weekend Atlanta, which I don't think is coming again this year. Um, yeah, I was going to go to Dragon Con. And that's gone. That's yeah. Not. Like, yeah, I, I, that, I'm not going. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I had plans to go to, you know, quite a few this year because I was like, hey, I'm going to do some things. Um, but, like, yeah, like, trying to even just doing as, like, going as press, like, I have an interview with this person at this time yeah. and then waiting for them to have to come through things. And it's just like, Right. I, I only have 30 minutes with these guys. <laughs> and so like, I need them here. Like 11.59 rolls around and you're like, oh, here you go. This is what I gotta do. I gotta mic them up and everything. And I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the fact that you were able to like keep everything like on shift is it's pretty yeah. amazing. And I, you know, I was a tyrant at times, but uh, I did warn everyone if I yell, it's not personal. I just have to get this thing done. And uh it's really, you know, I'm not angry and I'm not upset. I just have to get it done. Yeah. And people understood. And, uh, you know, it's like hurting cats sometimes. But we were able to, we did it. And it, it's, it's not just my achievement. It's all of our achievement. I mean, it's kind of Herculean. It's, Cab it's Hercules Kabuterian-ish for us to get all of that work done in six days. It's almost unheard of. I've never heard of it with any crew even a student crew or a professional crew. I've never heard of it. Yeah, that's like, and yeah, because you had so many time constraints there. Like, yeah. like we got a week to film this, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then I've only got like, X, like three days with extras right. while I have a full schedule. <laughs> right, and I flew all the props there and I, all the costumes, you know. We, my, my hotel room was like, like a, a, a uh, what do you call it, soundstage, you know, that we had everything in there. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like so we oh, we do only see we only see your hotel room from one perspective. Well, we see right. the bed. Well, here's the thing: all the hotel room scenes I shot in LA okay. because I didn't have the time, you know. So the only thing I shot at the con was stuff that needed to be shot at the, at con, the con, you know, okay. that especially needed fans or the airport or whatever. So all those hotel room scenes were done right here in Woodland Hills, California at the Hilton. <laughs> so, so the ones that you have with uh, Lana and the ones that you have with Nikki, all those were exactly. here in LA. Okay. Right. Yeah. right. So all those are here in LA. Uh, so we shot six days in LA over the course of months here and there to get uh, a 20% of the movie and then six days in Madison to get 80% of the movie. Did you, did you film that? Like that, that, that's, that's what I want. Like you mean the making of the making of like, yeah. I want a movie. That's a making of the movie. Like, I, I don't even care we, if the movie's real. I just want a movie that is the making of this movie. We, we had enough problems and uh, short enough staff that they're just <laughs> There's no way. do any of that. But I do have an idea for a movie, a different movie 
where I'm also playing Jeff Nimoy. <laughs> Convenient. I mean, you don't really have to making, do much with that. And it's a movie about the making of Famish. It's actually a better story than Famish with the flood and all these things. And it's called uh, The Disaster Artish, based on the James Franco movie, The Disaster Artist Who Made, about the, the guy who made the room. You know? <laughs> That's meta as hell. <laughs> Which I love that movie, by the way. <laughs> Now <laughs> I'm not even gonna dignify that with a response. Like I was just, I was like, I was wondering as a disaster. Like, no, we can't. No, we're done now. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. We. <laughs> Wait, did you not like the disaster artist, or you just don't like the title? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's hilarious, but like, it's just one of those. I'm just like, oh, I'm getting like Digimon puns up in here. Yeah. Flashback, <laughs> man. A, a flashback to 2001, guys. <laughs> oh man, oh jeez, uh, Jeff. That's I mean, okay. So, so you did that, and disaster artist. <laughs> uh, I can't do it. Uh, so any anything any? Yeah, I can't argue. He's got an Emmy. He's got a flex, man. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> You're just like, I'm sorry, like, have you won an Emmy? No? Well, then you can't make fun of my puns. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can title your movie anything you want. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's fair. It's fair. So, so you were saying earlier that your, um, kind of like your tour of the movie kind of got postponed. Yeah. Once we kind of, you know, get back to normal, which will probably be 2022, mm. um, is that, you know, kind of when you're kind of maybe kind of start doing it again like maybe yeah, like whenever you I mean, go that, to a con be like see if they'll play it you know my my because it's such a small movie i didn't really count on getting a distribution deal like i said before the fact it got one and such a huge one is icing on the cake but the original plan all along was to tour comic book and anime conventions with this and just show it show it and maybe show it for the next 20 years you know and that's still going to happen yeah. We just have to wait a little while until they open again. Unfortunately. Yeah. But I think, I think any con-goer will really understand this film in a way that a, a average, an average romantic comedy fan will really enjoy this movie because it hits all those you know, points and everything. But a con-goer will really get something special out of it, I think. Yeah. Especially the, the relationship I show with the fans at the beginning of the movie and that, that journey that goes to the end. Yeah. It's a B story, you know, the and A story is me and Nikki going to the end. The B story is me and the fans going to the end. And you do kind of leave it open ended. So like, if you want to mm -hmm. do famous ish, uh, then you've got, <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe like famous dragon con, famous comic con, famous yeah. oh, nice. down under, go to supernova and, uh, Australia, which I've done before, and I love those guys. Things like that, you know. So, who knows? Can't, okay, so I got one. I got one for you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch just because okay. stupid pun just popped into my head. Um, so I want I want to do one. So you you're you're a uh, you're a, an established voice actor uh, and and director and producer and writer and I have to say all of these things and contractually obligated. Um, but like, give like I want you to do one. Where it's someone who's like up and coming, who's done he's done like one role, but they got invited. And can you call it almost famous? 
my god. I, uh, I'm done. I'm done. I just ripped my earphones out, but I'm done now. That's all I wanted. That is so good. That is so good. That's all I want. Jesus. Oh, oh man, yeah. that's good. I, I, you know, I'll, uh, we'll workshop it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's all I want. I just want to make a joke, and I did, yeah. and I'm done. Uh, and we're going to put uh, a uh, link to uh, Famish um, oh, in the show notes. So, you know, you'll be able to click it, click on it, rent it, buy it. Um, and and also, many- there's a there's the, a little bit of a backstory if they go to my personal web page and the the official homepage of the movie, uh, famousmovie.com. You know, you, you've got all that info. You you'll yeah. put it. Yeah, we'll put we'll put all, all so links down below. Just click on. But it. people can read a little bit more about the backstory of how it all happens as well. Yeah. And uh, so so Jeff, again, thanks so much for coming on, man. Like, is, is there anything coming out right now that uh, you want to plug? No, you got other than famous. You got you got uh, Digimon Last Evolution and you got Famish. Those are the two things I'm uh, currently have going. I'm very lucky that I have both of those things going. And uh, you know, Digimon, I've been down that road before, so I'm excited. But it's hard to get excited about my twelfth project of Digimon compared to my first live action movie. That's why. Well, I mean, we do have the new series that's going on right now, which is kind of like. This t- you could have your 13th version of Digimon. If, if asked, I will serve, like always. If asked about to rejoin Digimon, I will never say no to Digimon. It's one of those, like, it. that seems like a series. Not like, you know, like with, with something like Dragon Ball. I mean, there was a, a Canadian dub before there was a Toonami dub. So you've got two different dubs. Uh, they've done that with Gundam and everything like that. Yeah. But with something like Digimon, like I can't not hear like Joshua Seth right. and Colleen O'Shannon. Like I can't not hear them. Yeah. Like if anyone's like, hmm, let's get somebody other than Mona Marshall for Izzy. It's just like, no, you can't I do that. It's like it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mona, Mona, God bless her. I don't know how old she is now, but she's still playing Izzy, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so great. Um so yeah, uh, thanks for being another wonderful person from Digimon that we've had on the show. Thanks so uh, much. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk about uh, Famish. Thanks so much. Oh, no problem. Now, where can everybody find you social media-wise? Uh, JeffNemoy.com. Uh, I'm at JeffNemoy on Twitter. There's the Famish Facebook page. There's uh, the Jeff Nimoy anime page on Facebook as well. And uh, I'm not hard to find. I've been around 30 years. And just Google. You throw a stick, you'll hit a website that is, you know, complaining about my dub somewhere. <laughs> that's just, again, that's like anime for you, man. <laughs> like, um, if many people complain. I've got twice as many that love it, and I'm not worried. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Harold, what about you? Yeah, man, as always, people can follow me uh, at Harold Story on most stuff. At a Herald story on Twitter, uh, Tunes Tunes podcast. It's available Spotify, Apple Podcasts. That's T U N E S slash T O O N S. New episodes every Monday. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. Find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast. All of our episodes, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel so you can watch stuff like this. Congrats also, Jeff. You're the first like face to face podcasty thing it makes sense because i went from making a voiceover uh, you know movie digimon to a live action movie famish so it's perfect we've got 
coming from the microphone to the screen. It's exactly. It's like, oh. um, and it's also 2020. We can do things like this now. That's right. so, thank goodness. It's 2020. Um, I lost track of time back in April. I don't know. I know. <laughs> oh, April, bro. It's March, man. <laughs> like, um, yeah, all, all of April us, you know, the longest year of my life. Oh, right. Uh, we've also got the website, animationstationpodcast.com. Again, in the show notes, everybody's socials, everybody's links, websites, everything's in there. Famish is in there. Um, again, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so uh, much. Oh, thank you. And you're welcome back anytime. Thanks. Uh, That's another guy. That Lex Lang on. He's a great guy. And I would. You'll have, a, you'll have a terrific time with him. Uh, all right. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. And from Toons Toons Podcast, I'm Harold. And from Famish, I'm Jeff Nimoy. Squeeze that in. Exactly. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.